ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Great to have you here on the block ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. First show of the new year, back at it after the holiday break. Syracuse starts off 2023 at Louisville tonight, and uh, we enjoyed the conversation with our next guest when Syracuse and Louisville started the 2022 football season. Let's get back into it as we start off 2023 with Syracuse and Louisville meeting up tonight. You can find him at Louisville Report. You can also find him on Twitter, and make sure you follow for all the latest on Louisville. Matt McGavick back with us here on ESPN Syracuse and QSportsTalk.com. Matt, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, but it seems the uh, storylines with basketball are a lot different than football all the yes. way back in August. <laughs> yes, they are. And, Matt, I know you have pondered this many times, written this many times, but I've got to ask you anyway, how in the world is Louisville 2-12? and 12? I cannot get over this. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> no, how much time you got? <laughs> um, the but, floor is yours. I know. The best way to put it is that Louisville, over the offseason, um, we knew that there was going to be some patchwork with the roster with the amount of people that transferred out. Now, I mean, that's not exactly unique to Louisville. Everyone has dealt with that. But Louisville did not do a good job over the offseason at bringing in guards, whether that be over like, in the high school ranks, through the transfer portal. I mean, they were able to bring in Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who's been a solid contributor as a as a uh, sophomore. They were able to bring in um, Devin Ree. Kamari Lands is a true freshman who has seen you know, some, some, some significant playing time as a true freshman who's starting to find his stroke a little bit. He's got a good um, – he projects in the long-term you know, upside in the Power 5 level. But they're all forwards and big guys. The only returning guard from last year's roster is L. Ellis. Now, granted, L. Ellis leads the team in scoring is just over 17 points a game, but not only is there barely any depth uh, behind him, I mean, he's, he's pretty much it. I mean, Kenny Payne brought in Fabio Basile uh, through the high school ranks, but he quite literally was a no-star when he took his official visit. So he's he's a project. Uh, brought in Hersey Miller, who previously played at Tennessee State, walked, briefly walked on at Xavier before coming to Louisville, and he, even he didn't play that much at Tennessee State because he was dealing with an injury. But that is literally it when it comes to guards. And as, as you and I both know, college basketball is a guards game. So when you have one guard who quite literally takes his lion's share of the reps in the backcourt, you're not going to win very many games, especially considering L. Ellis is not really a true point guard. He's more of a combo guard with a slight lean towards being a two. But when he's tasked with being the one, we saw last season how he's more so a scorer more than a facilitator. He he can distribute the, the basketball, but that's not his strength, and we're seeing that play out now, now that he's basically forced to be the point guard. So that's one factor. And then the biggest factor is that this team turns over the basketball like it is going out of style. Mm. Like just, just take in this stat I'm about to list off to you. Louisville turns over the basketball quite literally one out of every four possessions, roughly. Oh boy. Looking, 
Looking at their overall turnover rate, they on Ken Palm, they turn over the ball 23.8% of their total possessions. And they're already not a great shooting team. They are 31% from three, 45 and a half from two. So then when you cut the amount of possessions they have based on turnovers, you're going to get an extremely inefficient offense. And on top of that, whatever offense they have managed to run has just been non-existent. If you ask me to tell you what Louisville's offensive scheme is right now, we're, we're about a week or two from the halfway point in the season, and I couldn't tell you what their offense <laughs> is. I don't think anyone can. Yeah, that's because, good. Yeah, 75% of the time they run offense, it's just L. Ellis doing L. Ellis things, whether that be doing some sort of acrobatic drive to the hoop or turning the ball over on some crazy drive. Or they're just all standing around. Well, it's interesting to so, hear you say that, Matt, because that's my next question. Because take me back to a time before the season starts. Kenny Payne's a new coach. What was the thought process? What was he trying to accomplish? How are Louisville fans feeling about that? And here to hear you say, we're at this point of the season and nobody knows what the heck's going on here. How does that relate to what you thought would be happening before the season tipped off? See, most reasonable people now, and I say reasonable because there are plenty of people on both sides, extreme sides of the spectrum, who think Kenny Payne was going to be this tremendous flopper. Kenny Payne was God's gift to college basketball. But most reasonable people thought that, given the team that he had, given the unknowns that come with hiring a first-year head coach, most people thought that this was probably going to be a 500 level team, maybe a few games under 500, maybe a couple games over 500. But most reasonable people thought that this team's ceiling was maybe pushing for 18 or 19 wins and being on the bubble. But I think what a lot of people didn't expect, and I go back to like the unknowns that come with hiring a first-year head coach. I mean, Kenny Payne has literally never been a head coach at any level of basketball. So we have no sample size as to what are his tendencies, what, what is he like to, when does he like to call a timeout, what kind of success is he run, what kind, is he offensive first or defensive first, you know, none of that. So we really had no idea what his starting point as it pertains to his coaching acumen was. Man, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, not trying to beat around the bush or be – But just being quite blunt, Kenny Payne's starting point when it comes to his overall feel for the game from a comfort coaching ass point is a lot lower than I think a lot of people anticipated it would be. That sounds uh, that to be the case. Matt McGavick joins us here from Louisville Report. And so I'm I'm hearing you describe this team, but what tends to happen with Syracuse, Matt, is someone out of the blue gets hot from three-point range, they're tempted by the zone, and they can make it a game that way. Syracuse has struggled out of the gate a lot this year. So if there's someone, maybe a player or two, on the Louisville roster that fits that description, who would it be that could take advantage of those two things? I think it would probably be, I mean, the lazy answer would be LLS because he seems to be able to get his. But I think someone to watch for is either Mike James or Kamari Lands. Because both of the guys kind of play the same position out on the wing, two, sometimes at the three. Both have the ability to be able to shoot from long distance. And heading into the season, we really didn't know what we were going to get out of either of them. Because Mike James is a true freshman last season, suffered a torn Achilles in the preseason. We didn't get to see him at all. And Mark Lance is a true freshman. Both of these guys have shown flashes of the ability to really shoot it from outside. And 
not saying not saying it's going to happen tonight against Syracuse, but it seems like Louisville's best chance to be able to steal a few wins down the stretch is just get insanely hot from three-point distance. That's actually how they were able to take down Western Kentucky at home as I believe they were a nine or a 10 point underdog and they were able to beat Western Kentucky by 11 because they were 50% from three-point land. Thanks mostly in part to guys like Mike James and Kamari land. So facing a Syracuse team, like we all know about the two, three zone. So if they have to settle for a lot of outside shots, if they start falling, Louisville may be in the running down the stretch. But the thing is, another thing I failed to mention with this Louisville team is that at the first sign of adversity, more often than not, this team just lays over and goes belly up. This team has consistent, consistently shown that they do not handle adversity well, that at the first sign of a team going on a run, they they let that small bit of momentum, momentum snowball into a, an avalanche. And that they've done that in almost every single one of their losses. So that's that's pretty much a calling card for this team. But if they're able to prevent that full-blown avalanche and keep hanging around Syracuse with some hot three-point shooting, who knows, they might be able to steal one out towards the end. Matt, last one for me here. Uh, Jesse Edwards has proven to be one of the better centers in the ACC. He is the heart and soul of Syracuse. But what we saw against Boston College which we attended to see a lot early in Jesse's career, but he had gotten away from a bit this year, is foul trouble. When he gets into foul trouble, it just changes the whole dynamic, and this team has to completely readjust what they do. Is there somebody on this Louisville team, I guess off the cuff, Sidney Curry would qualify as the name that pops to mind here, but can Curry challenge Edwards into some cheapy fouls and get him on the bench and do just that, change the dynamic of how this team plays? Is there a player capable to challenge Jesse in the paint? I think if you'd have asked me this question about three weeks ago, I definitely would not have said Curry because for the first month of the season, he looked nowhere near like the player that he was over the final couple weeks of last season. He not only couldn't get anything going scoring wise, rebounding wise, he just, it was noticeable how like lackluster he was in terms of energy. He admittedly said that he was a little bit out of shape, came into the season out of shape, excuse me. And then it took until maybe a few weeks ago with the West, with Western Kentucky that he finally started to get it going. So I think Brandon Huntley Hatfield kind of little stretch floor might be able to, but he's been incredibly streaky. He hasn't been able to be put a consistent effort and product on the floor, but Curry seems to be, starting to find his stride and more so resemble the player that we saw towards the end of the year. Someone who's grimy, hard-nosed, plays extremely physical, almost like a bulldog mentality, so to speak. So I, I think Curry can draw Jesse Edwards away from foul trouble. It, it just depends on if he's able to continue on this streak that he's on over the last couple of weeks. Matt, great stuff. Always appreciate your time. We didn't even get into uh, the football coaching move. We'll have to save that for next time. It's as big of a story as that is. But uh, always appreciate it. We'll definitely catch up down the road. Appreciate your time here today on short notice, my friend. No problem. Hopefully we have better basketball to talk about <laughs> later on down the line. <laughs> we certainly hope so. Two teams in the Final Four together in 2013 have gone uh, uh, some interesting directions. We'll put it that way. Thank you, sir. Be good. That's Matt McGavick, folks. Louisville Report. Great stuff from him. Louisville's got a pretty strong media contingent that follows it. I would put Matt 
right at the top of that list. We will break and come back. We'll focus a bit more on the DeMar Hamlin situation from a media standpoint because I think there are some people that deserve some major kudos for how they handled this last night. we got plenty of Syracuse-Louisville talk to come, including pregame coming up at 6 o'clock with yours truly, but there's something that Jim Beheim said in his postgame press conference that I think he was talking about me, and even if he wasn't talking about me, it applies to me, so I kind of want to address that. Felicia Leggett-Jack's going to join us. we still got plenty to do. Stay right there.